Simmons. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. Can I do the intro? Yeah, okay, go. All right. Welcome to the Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast, episode 16. <laughs> this is the draft edition. What's on the draft edition? We have Sam Landsberger, a special guest from the Herald Sun to talk all things draft related. And of course, what do we like about the draft? Absolutely nothing because we nailed trade week and got guns left, right and center. And we have pick 47 and 68. So we don't really obviously care, but it is the Get Cassidy Parish to Resident edition of the Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast. Absolutely. How do you feel today? Mate, I'm feeling good today. Sam Landsberger on the show. Um, He's uh, the um, draft guru from the Herald Sun. Scotty uh, scoring us another really good, really informative guest. Um, Sam's going to talk to us um, about, we've got some great questions for Sam. He's going to talk to us about um, some of the young kids um, in this year's draft. He's going to talk about um, the Essendon, um, the Essendon 40 Club and how we're going to leverage this year's draft. Who can we get at picks 48 and 67? And... For you listeners, we're going to to have a special update on Mason Fletcher, which Sam has promised to fill us in on, which I think we'll all be excited upon. Absolutely. So with that kind of information, I think we should get Sam on the line. After Sam's um, interview, we'll we'll just have a general chat about just recent Essendon topics. We haven't done that for a while, about what's happening at the club. Obviously, we've got the members forum coming up, so we'll have a little bit of discussion about that. Yeah, upcoming, stick around for that because that's interesting. And the upcoming elections and, and obviously the uh, the news on a large, massive, gigantic profit. Large, massive, gigantic profit. Just remember too, everybody, um, you can get us at um, the Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast at gmail.com. Um, look for Scotty's um, Twitter account. And put us, if you can go to iTunes, love to love yeah, you to leave yeah. us um, any comments, comments, uh, Please subscribe. Um, comments obviously um, get us uh, more hits and, and advertise. They advertise our show more, so it'd be great if you if you could leave some comments. But in all seriousness, we're here for the draft, so let's uh, get Sam Landsberger on the line. And on the line, we have Sam Landsberger from the Herald Sun, one of the gurus of the uh, the draft. Uh, look, hey, how you going, Sam? Hello, boys. Thanks very much for having me. Thanks very much for your time today, Sam. Look, it's hey, uh, no worries. It's really great that we could have you online. Look, in all honesty, and we're in complete transparency, as this is a little bit Essendon flavor, I must admit, the draft last year was very, very exciting. This, <laughs> uh, this year, in reality, the trade period was exciting. We picked up two 23- and 24-year-old quality players. So we're probably a little bit settled and happy right now, and we realize we've got 48 and 67. And, and um, so I must admit, this year that we haven't sort of researched the draft as normal <laughs> and um but we wanted to still get a view because it's still exciting to see genuine talent come in and see the young kids come in and i always like to find out who who i should be looking out for so who we should be worried yeah. about just quietly who which players are going to be going <laughs> to other clubs that we need to worry about i mean i i guess the the, the first question i've got um for you sam is that i mean pick number six to collingwood um, in my mind, Collingwood was very sort of inconspicuous um, during the um, the trade period. I heard a lot of mm. rumours. I heard a lot of things about Collingwood. I thought 
Um, uh, Rory Sloan was going to go there from Adelaide and all sorts of stuff. And then Collingwood didn't end up doing anything um, particularly much. No, they, yeah, they didn't. They just brought in Sam Murray, who uh, surprised a few. I don't think many people had heard of him, but he was the only trade Collingwood struck. I think um, Collingwood, uh, in, a, in a little bit of a different spot, um, Ned Guy came on after the trade period as their new list manager. Um, so the, the plans might have changed a little bit. I think Collingwood's probably um, got one of the hardest selections in the draft. I think when the year finished, we probably identified that there was a clear top three. They were Paddy Dow, um, LDU, as we'll call him, and Cameron Rayner. Yeah. Since then, as recruiters have probably gone back and, and further studied the pool, that's probably grown to a band of five players. So we throw in Adam Cherer as well and Andrew Brayshaw. So there's yeah. probably five real premium midfielders. Unfortunately, we're, we're probably discounting Jaden Stevenson from that group because he was at that query on his heart. So we expect those five midfielders to go in any order to, to fill the first five spots. Well, unfortunately for Collingwood, they just missed it. They're going to just miss out on one of those players. Um, I think that they're, they're most likely to take um, the first tall player in the draft. Um, I did a, a bit of a predict the top 15 in Sunday's Herald Sun and had them taking Darcy Fogarty, who's a, a key four from South Australia. He's the, yeah. the best South Australian in this year's draft. I think he's one I'll have a look at, um, as well as Aaron Norton. Um, he's a appeal thunder boy, really good intercepting key defender. Um, and maybe Aiden Bonner as well. You know, he, he might be coming inside midfielder at the moment. He's sort of more of a versatile player. Um, he's come back from two AC, from two knee reconstructions. So while Collingwood might miss out on that first batch of real cream midfielders, I, I think they're, they're, they're likely to go tall. And those yeah. are three names that have been linked, unless they go for a unless they pull a bit of a surprise and go for a Nathan Murphy, who they've been linked to as well. Okay. But I'll. But speaking of most clubs, while they do like him, I think pick six is probably a, a little bit too early. Well, you can imagine Fogarty must be an attractive proposition because we saw this year, I mean, really a lack of quality tools. And you saw Darcy mm. Moore getting sort of still... St- I, actually, Darcy Moore, in on honesty, reminds me of Joe Danahar two or three years ago. Um, like a very talented player, but no real support around him. Um, so... Yeah. So, and then there's... there's there's the possibility of him playing half back. There's that kind of rumor where he they really liked him. So th- you feel like they still need some genuine talent, sort of like either, yeah. either ends tall. So I actually don't mind the pick six if they went out like a Fogarty. I think that actually at least starts answering some of their initial urgent urgent concerns. I think you've hit the nail on the head there. I mean, if they're going to put Darcy Moore to half-back, they, they, they certainly need a focal point. Um, you know, they, they re-signed Mason Cox, which they were pretty happy about. But, yep. but uh, I mean, Fogarty at the start of the year, we were talking about him as the number one pick. So as a bottom major, he was had to put together a really outstanding season. I think his best game in 2016 was, you know, he kicked four goals against the Allies. He's 192 centimetres, but he's a really powerful kid. Yep. And he's probably got one of the best kicks in the draft. So... Um, you know, I think from a from a fan point of view, anytime you, you you pick up a player who at one stage we thought was the number one, it is pretty exciting. And you know, I, I think a, a couple of injuries this year will push him down the order. Um, he still looks like a top ten talent, but he'd be a, he'd be a, a, a pretty handy one to get through the door. North Melbourne had a look at him as early as pick four, so you know he still right is in that sort of first second bracket of players. Yep. Now n- another interesting one is. Um is the Saints at seven and eight. Now, I think we all know that they probably wanted to trade at least one of those picks for a real coming sort of star to try and boost up 
their stock. Mm. But that kind of obviously didn't eventuate. Hat, is there is there any sort of talk about how they're going to play those picks, um, seven and eight? Yeah, I think um, Alan Richardson, I think the coach would love a couple, a couple of midfielders. Um, there's no doubt about it, you're right. If they could have packaged up seven and eight for someone like Josh Kelly, they would have done it in a heartbeat, you yep. suspect. But that didn't eventuate. They looked at, you know, I think at one stage, they looked at trading to get up the order, you know, into maybe the first three picks, and they maybe explored trading one of them for a pair of picks later. It all fell over. So they do go to the draft with pick seven and eight, which is a pretty cool position to be in. Yeah. Now, I think midfielders are the go. Um, they love Jaden Stevenson. I, I think... Um, Tony Elshaw, their recruiter, would absolutely love to pick him. You know, he's his freakish yeah. line break, line breaking talent. You know, he, he looked like last year might be a key four. This year, he, you know, just um, developed into this X factor wingman. But you know, the heart complaint which has surfaced has really thrown a spanner in the works. Okay. If St Kilda's medical staff tick him off, I've got no doubt they'll use either pick seven or eight on him. If they don't, it makes things a little bit tougher. Um, they've been linked to Hunter Clark. He's a um, you know, He's a midfielder from the Daniel Stingrays. Really strong kid, really good kick on both feet. And we spoke about Aiden Bonner before. Um, he's oh, he's come back from two ACLs, but the Saints really like him as well. He, you know, he's of PNG heritage. He's got this real spring in his step. Um, you know, he's a really explosive athlete, great bounce, great leap. And in 2014, the Saints used their number one pick on Paddy McCart. Um, a lot of clubs that year thought they might have gone Christian Petrarca. Well, they probably still like that Petrarca sort of play, you know, that dynamic, explosive sort of player. If they could get Bonner in, he might fill that requirement, so or not. But I think with the Saints, you look at their list and you look at the games they played this year, they were a good, solid team, but they lacked that sort of just A-grade superstar factor. Um, I think if they can, you know, if they can get in something which will just change up their, their you know, their dynamic a little bit, um, that, that'd be pretty exciting for them. But yep. no doubt, they might look for a key defender later on. They still need another key back. They picked up Logan Austin from Port Adelaide in, in one of the late trades. He's a, a cousin of Sean Dempster. I think that might have been the link there. Oh, that's um, good. Yeah, okay. Yeah, they, they, so I think, you know, while they do need a key back, I reckon they might look for one later in the draft and, and try and get their hands on, on two really good midfielders in the top 10. So I guess I'm looking at Carlton at number three and number 10. Um, mm-hmm. I was looking at them last year, screaming out for more mids like every other person, every other club is. They they always love good new mids coming through. And, and I reckon they'd love to get a half-decent defender as well. Do you reckon they'd be able to achieve that at three and 10? I think at three, I'll certainly get a midfielder. I think at ten, it's sort of uh, what 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 falls through. Ten, there's a little bit uncertainty. It's it's a real funny one with Carlton. Um, look, Cameron Rayner might be there at pick three, and I don't think there'd be a hundred percent chance to pick him. Um, if Brisbane Lions go Brayshaw at one, and this is a fascinating part, you know, as we speak tonight, we're forty-eight hours out from the draft, and we don't know who pick one is. We don't know yeah, who it's pick two, three or four is. Yeah. It just goes to how even this year and is it make and it makes it real exciting, but. Um, if Brisbane go Brayshaw at one, oh, it's a really difficult decision for Carlton. I don't think Freo will take Rainer at two. Tell you what, Carlton needs goal kickers. Rainer ticks that box, but I'm not convinced they take him. So, you know, whether it's him, whether it's Paddy Dow, whether it's Adam Chera, I think it's out of those three players. In one sense, you can't go wrong, but in one sense, you can because if they pass Rainer and he becomes the superstar, yeah. which some suspect, you know, the, the, the fans can be pretty unforgiving. At pick 10, um, we, again, we spoke about Darcy Fogarty before. If he was there, I think the Blues would grab him. Um, if Hunter Clark was there, we spoke about him before, I think they'd grab him. 
Um, another player they like is Lockie O'Brien. Uh, I think he's been invited to the draft. Maybe, maybe on the on the on the suspicion he might be Carlton's man at pick ten. He's sort of you know your Andrew Gaff type outside Ringman. Yeah. Um, had a had a pretty poor this year by his standards. Um, battled a knee injury for some time. Never got going for the country. Uh, some clubs are concerned about his, you know, his lack of contested ball. Won, won a lot of his possession on the outside, but his 2016 was really good. So he still looks like a good prospect based on his bottom age here. You know, some think pick 10 is maybe a bit early for him, but there's no doubt he'll be he'll uh, he'll be a player that they do consider. Yep. Better pick 10 uh, again, given we, given the uncertainty this year, it really is just a matter of waiting on draft night and seeing who's on the board because it's quite funny that we we don't have a strong idea. Well, that's actually is funny. Um, the first with the first five picks, right? So obviously three of them are going to go into state to to the Fremantle. Mm. How much talk these days is about kids going home? Factor um, is that is that still? Because you imagine Brisbane, is especially must be so nervous about who they pick and can they keep that kid. Absolutely. Now, this is this is a big factor. Um, of, for, for, the Lions can't have a number one pick walkout in two years. That they just can't. You know, they've just lost Josh Shackey. Um, yeah, it's. I, I spoke to um, Matthew Lloyd, who's Andrew Brayshaw's school coach at Halebury, a specialist coach at Halebury, and I've got his quote in front of me. I think this is in uh, tomorrow's Herald Sun. He said, "Wherever he gets drafted, he'll want to spend his career there for the next fifteen years. There's no worries in, in the world about him going anywhere else." So, okay. Matty Lloyd reckons that you know he makes sense for Brisbane or Fremantle because you can lock him in. You can draft his brother with a, with a later pick to help the boys settle and lock good, and load. There's no doubt that you know with others there is a little bit more of a risk, and you know this is huge. I mean, you know Brisbane have lost a lot of players over the last five years through to the go home factor. Fremantle this year lost Lockie Weller to the go home factor. Yeah, Freo was well compensated, but you don't want to be losing, you know, um, you know good talent. So it's a huge factor. Um, and you know, I, I wrote a story last week with the Brisbane Lions recruiter Steve Canole, where he basically said. You know, we won't build our draft plan around it, but we're looking at the friendship factor. If you can bring in boys that have existing relationships that are, you know, that have played some footy together, that have come through the academy together, they might settle in happier. Um, I think Cameron Rayner told the Lions that, you know, he, if they if he was the number one pick, he'd love to keep playing with Lachlan Fogarty, who's one of his best mates, who's played at the Jets together. So, you know, clubs are looking at sort of tackling homesickness in a few different ways. But, yeah, I mean, you, you don't want early picks walking out. So, as you say, at picks one, two and five, these clubs are doing a lot of research. You know, they'll be going through all the psych tests. They'll be speaking to, you know, school teachers, um, employers of all these kids, trying to get a sense of how they would adapt to life in the state and whether they're likely to stay because they're big investments early draft picks. Yep. You can't be losing them, especially when you're probably going to lose them for, for unders at the trade table. Well, yeah, the Gold Coast, I mean, obviously as well, just had being brutalised by that. Mm. Yeah, I'll tell you what, it's become an incredibly difficult thing for clubs now drafting kids, basically. It was, years ago, it was just find the best kid you could find. <clears throat> Excuse me, find the best kid you could find. Could he kick? Could he mark? Was he going to be a great player? And you drafted him. But as you just sort of said, the clubs have got to do all of this background checking now, talking to a million people, doing psych tests, all this sort of stuff. Drafting must, drafting must be an incredibly... Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It must be an incredibly time-consuming um, and difficult task for the for the clubs. I guess mm. it, it, one of the the 
points that Scott just mentioned then about Gold Coast is, did, how do we? How does Gold Coast deal with that? I mean, do you have any insight as to as to how a club like Gold Coast, who's been like you said decimated with people leaving the club left and right, is there anything that they can be doing that they're not doing now? Like, to, and, they, and they only have pick nineteen. So yeah, they've nice. only got pick nineteen this year. Yeah, well, the Gold Coast is in a really interesting spot. I mean, Scott Clayton's going to um, um, read out the players tomorrow night. This is his draft, but then you suspect he's probably not going to be at the club anymore. Um, Craig Cameron's coming in from the Giants. And I, I think that made a, a wave of headlines last week when the Giants released that. But apart from, you know, looking at tactics and, and as we spoke about before, you know, trying to draft smartly and picking kids that will stay, I think it then comes down to um, the environment. I mean, if you can create an environment where kids want to stay, you should be safe. So, you know, that's putting in place the right welfare programs, putting in the right development programs, getting the right coaching staff on board and, and basically making the kids happy. Um, uh, uh, that that is that that is, I think, the, the way to tackle it. And, I reckon you know, win, winning and, games of football helps as well. Well, <laughs> exactly right. And and then and the next layer of that is success. I mean, you, you haven't seen too many kids walk, walk out of the Sydney Swans. Um, I, I know it is a lot easier probably to move from Melbourne to Sydney than you know Melbourne to Perth and whatnot. But yeah, uh, yeah I, no doubt that a successful culture then as well is probably um, you know probably the icing on the cake. Absolutely, I guess. So I was having a look at the draft, and I look. I'm always interested in about you were mentioning the um, the, the kid that had the double um, ACL issue. Yeah, Aiden Bonner. Aiden Bonner. Yeah, I'm always always interested to understand um, to what degree injuries or um, injuries that that um, force reduced um, time mm. in the TAC and that sort of stuff is is thought of by clubs. And I noticed that that Rainer and Dow both had sort of injuries um, during their time uh, with like the Western Jets and Vic Metro and that. Um, Rainer and Dow is that going to make anybody think those little injuries? No, I don't think so. Paddy Dow, um, it's, I, I think he, he had a he had a shoulder reconstruction because it popped out. Um, for the second time, I popped out when he was 15, then I popped out in the last quarter of a TSA Cup game. Before I popped out that game, he had 35 disposals, six clearances, and two goals. Or something <laughs> okay, like yeah. that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but now, look, look, with those sorts of injuries, which you know you, you don't suspect will, um, you know, will, will, will play too much of a part in their AFL career. No, it won't. With an ACL, yeah, there is a risk factor. Um, Jake Lever, I think in 2014 he was here. He was uh, he he fell down to Adelaide at I think maybe pick 12. If it wasn't for his ACL, he's probably top three. So it did push him down a little bit. Um, Aiden Bonner, two ACLs. Well, he's still looking like it will go top ten, so it won't affect him too much. Whether he you know, he missed 26 months of footy, if he plays every game the last three years, he might be the number one pick. We don't know because we yeah. haven't seen the production. But from a club point of view, I think everyone's different. Um, everyone assesses, you know, everyone all, you know, every club's medical staff will will, will go through. Um, the reports a little bit differently. Some will be more alarmed than others. Um, I, I, I spoke to one club who thought that, you know, in regards to the Saints taking Bonner, they suspect that the Saints had to be a little bit more careful because Paddy McCartan, a number one pick, he's got issues now with his concussion. Yeah. Um, Hugh Goddard, a high pick from the same draft, he hasn't been able to get on the park much. So, you know, there's so many factors at play. It's also your list profile. If you've got young players who are injury prone already, you might be a little bit. Uh, you might be a little bit more hesitant to, to, to roll the dice. 
yeah, you know, if you're Hawthorne and you've won three flags, you might not worry about taking a ride, Burton, because, you know, you've already had so much success. That was a little bit of a risk. Now we all see what a star Ryan Burton looks like becoming. So it really, there's so many factors at play. I think every club does look at it a little bit differently. Yeah, and, and obviously O'Rourke as well for Hawthorne. And that's the that's the win or loss, isn't it, Count? You know, some, mm. some you take a gamble on and... Um, and, and But the Hawks always had that little bit of luxury to take a bit of gamble with guys like O'Rourke. And, um, and so it, how is with Richmond, if I'm a Richmond fan, how am I looking at Nash? Yeah. Is, is, he, is he the real deal or what's your view on him? Oh, yeah, the, 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 there are some clubs. I spoke to a club probably halfway through the year who on, his, on, on, his, on this recruiter's talent board had him in the top dozen. Yeah. Um, so uh, he's a beautiful kid. He's a, an absolutely lovely right foot kick. He was the number one metres game player at the national championships. I think he averaged 516 metres game per game, and that was 105 metres best, better than the next best player. So, you know, he gets it and goes. He's a really offensive running sort of player. The, the, the knock on, on Paddy Nash is whether he wins too much of his own ball on the outside. Um, Chami Data did, did a little bit of a research for me this week, and uh, it showed that players, they, they came up with what they call the, the, the magic number rule, and that is that uh, players who are high draft picks who win less than 30% of their junior possessions contested generally struggle to adapt to AFL footy. So players in that bracket included James Asher pick seven, Jimmy Thompson. Jimmy Thomas had picked four, um, Carl Wharton had picked four a few years ago, and Billy Hartung had picked 24. So they all won less than 30% of their possessions contested, and Penny Nash is in that same basket. So I think the lesson for him is great kick. Um, you know, sometimes you can t- bite off too much. Uh, you can bite off too much, but, you, you know, you can go for a little bit too much of a risk. But, he's a, you know, he's a lovely kick. You know, he gets in the runs, but they probably just need to teach him that layer of inside ball. And, and Richmond probably did that this year with Brandon Allen. So they converted him more into an inside player and an aggressive ball user. So they've shown that they can do it. I think if they can do it with Nashi, they'll, they'll have a really, really good player in their hands. And yep. the bonus from that query is it's going to knock him down the draft order. So instead of matching a bid inside the first round, they're, they're probably going to get him. Um, they're probably going to use pick 17, 20, and 25, and, th- and then and then a build comes. So they're going to get three players inside 25 and Nashi, it looks like. And that would be a. A pretty good result after a premiership. <laughs> now, I'm going to focus a little bit more on the Essendon side, and, and I realise we, we're way down the uh, the order. Um, <laughs> look, some names that kind of get mentioned, and maybe you can tell me a little bit about them if you know them well. Uh, Matt Day, Warbell, um, Cass- Cassidy Parrish. Now, where where is Cassidy Parrish kind of linked at the moment? Is he high 30s or low 30s or...? No, I think Cassidy is probably more uh, a, a rookie prospect. Um, yeah. I, I'll, be, I'll, be, I'll be stunned if he goes in the top 30. I think he might be more Monday's draft. Um, Warp, we spoke of, he's a, he's a really good inside midfielder. He's um, Cassidy's teammate at the, at the Geelong Falcons. He's a, he's a big kid. He, he's one that could well be there at Essendon's first pick. Is it 48? Is that right? 48, yeah. yeah. 48, yeah. I, thought, I think he could be there then. Um, for the Bombers, it's a bit of a raffle. I mean, given we don't know who's going to pick one, it's pretty hard to pick <laughs> yeah, that yeah. plan. <laughs> it's a big you, yeah. you guys had your draft party in, uh, in October. You bring in the, uh, the three trade targets. It's quite funny. I think from Adrian Dodoro, tell you what, he, he probably deserves to put the board shorts on a little bit early. Oh. He's, um, you know, he's just got these three blokes in. He nailed last year's draft and 
because the two years before that, he was trying to find top-up players. So he's I'd been say, scaring a country farmer and wide. It's good on him for getting another month of annual leave this year. And I'll tell you what, mate. I'm, I'm currently in the process of, of uh, finalising a bronze statue to that man. Um, and I'm going to put it outside um, Essendon's club rooms. Because seriously, I mean, I'd, uh, this is a decent question, but... When was the last time you saw a draft like that? I mean, to, to bring in players like that, three players into the club, the way he did to give up what he he gave up to get those players. I mean, I don't think I can remember a a single draft where that much talent went to one club. Trade, yeah. yeah, trade period. Oh, yeah, sorry, my draft. Sorry, trade period, yeah. Yeah, you put me on the stop there. Oh, look, oh, oh, I can't think of one off the top where, where a club has attracted so much talent in, in um, you know, three players, giving yeah. up so yeah. little... The, the, the fascinating part about that is, you know, you, you think if a club's had a really good win and brought in a lot of talent for not, not much, they'd probably use free agency. Now, this point's done it by three trades. So I think that was, you know, that was sort of the genius in it all. Um, and the best part about those three additions was they were sort of power up every part of the ground. So Saad comes in. Um, as a you know, as an offensive weapon off the half back line, just him and Connor McKenna oh. are going to just, you know, they had, you know the, <laughs> there's going to be there's going to be grass him. on fire that will be running that fast on top of it, and that allows Andy McGrath to go in the midfield. So that helps both the inside midfielder, which was in the the half back line, Smith. Um, Adds, uh, you know, he adds another weapon up forward. And then Stringer, I think they see him playing a lot of midfield time. So they've actually powered up every part of the ground. They haven't just loaded up in, you know, with three fourths when, you know, one of them might not, not you know, you know they're going to push other players out of the side. So it was a really, really smart trade period. The best, well, not the best thing, but I think uh, an understated um, fact in all of this is We'll spend a lot of time talking about this year's draft. That's great. It's not a great draft. Um, it, the talent does drop off pretty pretty early. Yeah. Next year's draft is an absolute ripper. And Essendon's not only kept its first pick, but <laughs> all, it, all it had to do was, I think, swap second-round picks with the Giants. Uh, I, I, I reckon Essendon could finish above the Giants in the ladder next year. Now, if they do, they've actually got a pick upgrade in a, an even better oh, draft. So, yeah. so, to, to, to not only maintain, to retain that first pick, but to you know, give up nigh on nothing in a second or maybe even get a little bit further ahead, uh, great result. Um, yeah, really, really, really exciting times at Bob Milan. Yeah, it is. And so um, I guess a name that's been on... Um... Uh, a lot of Essendon lips is Mason Fletcher coming through. Now he's probably available next year. How, what's yep. what's your read on him and his, an updated information on him? Yeah, it's funny. I was speaking to Cameron Rayner's school coach on Monday, um, um, Clay Ilman, who's at um, who's at Pegs, and he was talking about the players for next year. One of them was Mason Fletcher, so he's he coached he's, he's coached him this year. Um, Sounds like Mason will certainly get drafted. Um, he was very confident that Mason would, would be a bomber in 2019, which is um, just a heartwarming story. I think That's we all love the father brilliant is what that is. We would absolutely love it. Further than that, he said he is a carbon copy of the old man. Same body type, same style. Yeah. Um, he's, he's been playing at school footy at centre-half back this year. So um, when you hear he's just like the old man, and given we know what the old man was, I think that's pretty exciting. So I think, you know, it, it's still very early, early in the piece, and a lot can play out next year. But as it stands right now, I think you can um, 
Um, you can expect him to to be joining as a father son in next year's draft, which would be um, yeah, just a great story for footy. Um, we, need, we need to uh, have some sort of repeat and kick him out of school the last couple of weeks and get him on the put him on the best full fo- <laughs> put him on the best full forward. Yeah, for a exactly. Of weeks. Right. <laughs> That'll be good. hilarious having him at the club and having and Sheedy there. It's scary though that his father just retired not long ago. Though. I know that's <laughs> unbelievable. <laughs> He's yeah. going to walk in and see Sheeds. Sheeds is going to say, another Fletcher is walking in the door. <laughs> That's unbelievable. Um, now, I'm just thinking, given Essendon's um, low status in the draft, um, given the um, the overall quality of the draft, and I want to speak too ill of the of the young fellas, but uh, do you think Essendon, or do you think there's any sort of state league or, or um, other avenues to draft players at Essendon or, or other clubs will be looking at this year? The Fantasia route. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no doubt clubs will be exploring all options. I still think yeah, I still think their preference is to, to to give opportunities to teenagers. Um, yeah, it is really hard to speculate. I think ba- Bailey Fritz is a, is a Casey Demons player who I suspect will get picked up. Billy Gowers is a Footscray player I suspect will get picked up. I think they might. They might. They both might go to their affiliated clubs, which are obviously Melbourne and the Western Bulldogs, unless someone else jumps in and and beats them to the punch. But yeah, look, the, the, the Bombers will be looking everywhere. There's no doubt about that. Um, I, I'm not sure off the top. I don't have it in front of me how many selections you guys have used. But when I was speaking to someone from the Bombers before, and you know, certainly from a, from a media point of view, there's certainly less resources flying up this year to cover it the last year when you had <laughs> picks one and whatnot. So, yeah, I, I think you guys, you know, as exciting as Friday night is, just... Uh, just hit rewind and then go back to trade period because that's, <laughs> yeah, that's, where, that's where you're going to get your fun for next year. Just from. <laughs> keep saying Jakey Stringer, Jakey Stringer, Jakey Stringer. <laughs> so, look, um, look we'll, we'll probably wrap it up there. Look, actually, on the side note, there was a Fremantle guy. Um, what's his name? Um, that there was kind of rumours that we were looking into. Um, it will come to me soon. Sam Collins has been linked to a few, but is that the one or...? No, no, I started with SCH. Scotty, Scotty was wildly prepared for that question before he asked it. <laughs> yeah, so. <laughs> He's got such a tricky surname, but um, it'll come to me, but I'm sure we'll... If you find out, text me, I'll, uh, I'll let uh, you know. Yeah, I was just going to say, we, we might have to text you on the other, on the other when we finish. Well done, Scotty. Good, good question, mate. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Look, we really, really appreciate it. That's probably given us a, a bit of a better overview um, of the draft. Um, I think it, it sounds like it's... Um, uh, probably the most exciting top 10 pick draft as far as a live event that we've ever had, as far as not really many people will know actually where and when. And I, I can imagine North Melbourne at four is actually probably licking their lips going, who's going to fall to me if if Carlton sort of um, either pick up someone, mm. someone different than one of the strong sort of top three mids. or So the, it's some really interesting sort of uh, a draft, this one, where it's, it's such an unknown that it actually makes it quite interesting. Yeah, it makes uh, makes fans and drafts pretty tough. So if you've got any pointers for me, please let me know because that is uh, that, that is pretty challenging right now. We, uh, we we found a little sneaky one in Frio that we might uh, well SMS you afterwards. Uh, good, big, big big tip from the lunchtime catch up for you. <laughs> All right, well um, we really appreciate your your time um, again, Sam. Thank you very much for uh, for being on the podcast with us today, um, and uh, we'll look forward to uh, hearing more in your uh, on the draft coverage. Thanks very much, boys. Have, have, have a enjoy your night. Cheers. Great. Thanks, Thanks so Sam. much, Sam. That was awesome. Well, I hope you enjoyed that, guys. Um, it was sort of good to get an overview of all our of sort of the top draft picks, and um, it's actually nice to hear a bit of an exclusive on Mason Fletcher and see how he's going. Um, I really like that they have a firm view that he will be 
drafted next year, which tells me he's progressing really well. Um, he's got the sort of the flesh cut body. I can probably see him elevating quite fast. Absolutely. Yeah. The, uh, it'll be one of those things next year that I'll be really keen to go down and see him myself. So um, see how he plays. Uh, they, they keep telling me as well that he's playing so much like his dad. So it's, it'll be just a, a surreal moment, I think, for all fans oh, to man. see him, a tall, lanky kid looking like Fletch playing out of the back line so but like like you said that they have to Wusher has to take him out of the last two weeks of his school <laughs> and put him on I don't know Jonathan Patton or a version of Kernahan yeah, yeah like a version of Kernahan or something like that. that would be hilarious so um, or his dad actually needs to play that practical joke on him just yes. play the practical joke hey Essendon wants to play you <laughs> next for next week so look we haven't talked for a while just about basic Essendon stuff we've had non-stop guests um which has been great yep. um but we do have a little bit more time this week, so it's good. So we thought we would do what we normally do when we meet at lunchtime. This is why it's called the lunchtime catch-up. Just talk Essendon things. And it's a bit of pretty open and transparent, um, just about our views on how the club's going and what's coming up. I know we've got the members forum coming up. Grant, have you got details on that? Yes, mate. Members forum um, is coming up on the 28th of November, Wednesday the 28th at 7pm uh, at Etihad Stadium. Um, remember to bring your 2017 membership card for entry to that. Um, some of the, the the people that are going to be in attendance there, and it'll be it'll be a great opportunity to get down there. The, the people that'll be there will be Heps, um, Lindsay Tanner will be there, the head coach John Worsfold will be there, Sheeds will be there, um, and all of the new recruits um, that we've um, acquired um, during that trade period, including I believe um, Smith, Sard, and Stringer. Yep, we'll all be there uh, and we'll be formally um, welcome to the club at that time. It's a good time to have a members forum, isn't it? Oh. I mean, with the news during the week, and um, we'll probably start off with this topic because we'll just do a bit of free-for-all. Free the profit during the week. I mean, I I must admit, I, I, I've sort of been having a little few chats with a few at the club, and I knew something promising was happening. I was going, come on, come on, is it over for me? And is it over for me? And... Um, and that's what I was dearly hoping for. For it to be over five million, that's, it, man, that's nuts. It, that is insane from where we were. It's um, uh, I don't think we can appreciate that enough because I know people expect a bounce back, but it's it's from how close I still think the saga is. Um, and because we, we've only really only recently um completed all the 34 compensations yeah i mean love it murray obviously was fairly recent so it's still a it was still a part of the club to have a rebound like that um and and fans embracing this year uh like they have i i think the whole club deserves a pat on the back i think i think through adversity we're a heck of a lot better club Oh, and man, on I, and off the field. Yeah, and I, on and off the field. And I speak passionately, and and I don't want to speak like a you know, sort sort of just sugarcoating everything. And I know I'm very positive as an agent, but I couldn't be prouder of the club. No, I, I couldn't be proud of how we Dodoro handled the trades. You know how we've five point one million dollar profit. We announced another sponsor coming off last month's sponsor of Sovereign Republic. So we've just got two new more sponsors. It's just been success after success um 
So it's a good time for Xavier to have a members forum. Mate, I tell you what, uh, that bloke, I tell you what, if you get there for the members forum and when Xavier gets up to that lectern, he deserves an incredible round of applause. Him and the board and all of the executives, everybody down to, as they say, the boot stutter yeah. at that club needs, like, seriously, they really need to... to to be told or to be shown how much the our supporters appreciate them. And I guess that not everybody out there listening to this podcast is going to agree. There's probably some people out there that probably think that there's areas to improve for Essendon. But I, I, honestly, I can't see it. I, I, you sit there and you go five million bucks on a like on a what's a ten million dollar turnaround or fifteen million dollar turnaround. Um, off the field, making a huge profit, record attendances at all of the um, yeah. of the matches, incredible social media numbers, pushing seventy um, thousand members for next year. Um, Xavier getting the right people um, to coach the club, bringing in players like um, Sard and Stringer and and Smith clearly. And again, I was, when I was talking to, to Sam Landsberger earlier, the, I don't think anybody can name me a trade period or a draft period where one club has brought in yep. three players with that much talent into their club. And mate, to me, that absolutely shows that Essendon is now a destin- one of those destination clubs of choice. And it's been so long since we could <clears throat> actually say those words. Especially after an unprecedented issue um, that the club uh, faced with all of the sanctions and, and, and the, the, the biggest sanctions in AFL history for 12 months later for us to be in a position where we are and have players that like Jakey Stringer could have gone anywhere um, Adam Saad could have gone to any one of the Melbourne clubs he wanted to and they all picked Essendon like so yeah. even just someone like I remember like Connor McKenna Connor was was um, was courted by every um, Victorian yeah, club especially really Collingwood by a lot of clubs. And and they wanted to come to Essendon. So, mate, I'll tell you what, if I ever get close to, to Xavier, if we ever get him on the podcast, Xavier, please come on my podcast. Um, well, uh, look, I can give a little bit of exclusive. He did. Oh, he did you, what are you saying? Are you saying that uh, we might be able to get Xavier Campbell on the podcast? He did send me a message this week to, to um, line up a date with um, his... Um, his EA. His EA. So, um, be nice to we'll organise that. EAs. We'll organise a time to have a chat to him and... Um, Hopefully that won't be too long that we can have him on the podcast and Excellent. and we'll dedicate a show to that and um, be nice to the EAs. The EAs are the are the, <laughs> yes. are the key so, to the don't we to know the CEOs. Yeah, 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 exactly right. Um, so yeah, mate. I, I, when we get that boy on the uh, on the podcast, he, like he's serious. He's one of the youngest um, executives in AFL um, football, and for him to lead the the team to do what they've done is just. <laughs> it could be a uh, we're not we're not worthy moment. No, it could be it absolutely. Could be it could be moment. I mean, I don't even mind saying I have a large man crush on the bloke. I have a huge <laughs> man crush for his for his skills in running the Essendon Football Club. Like Joe Botson said, through. Some people have clear water um, to go through or clear air to go through. Some people take their club through um, hard times and 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 dark air. Um, I tell you is... what, I had to I had to laugh this week, and you wouldn't have seen this, but I'll show you after the show. So um, they did a they did a um, interview with Xavier, um, and he's obviously just got back from his holiday, and he's been yeah. in the West Indies and everything like that. Oh, I nice. mean, on beaches, and um, I must admit. <laughs> I, I said Xavier a funny joke in which he liked, so it was good. He took my humour, but he had the biggest, had the biggest half beard going, hair scruffy, 
half, you know, that rat face that's been half tanned, half, yeah. and he kind of looked like he couldn't give up. You know what? <laughs> but it was just a, fu- it was just that the interview just cracks me up for some reason. It's like you've just had the best holiday, and he's tried to talk, you know, very business like, like a business like but it's just the whole look and everything just it just cracked me up but it, <laughs> it was more amusing but i love the guy and um yeah but uh we shared i shared a bit of a funny jack with him online and I he, t- he took it well he's got a good sense of humor i think between him and, and rob and uh, rob adrian dodorio we've got off the field dude looking at the on the field talent that I, I couldn't possibly be more excited for next year if i possibly tried i mean the yeah. ashes start tomorrow and Meh, <laughs> I'm not wildly just. I mean, okay, yeah, great. The Ashes, it's summer, and it was 35 odd degrees. Today. I know. It feels like I've got a. Feels like I'm really late into cricket this year. I think yeah. because of the, even with the 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 soccer World Cup matches, it's kind of yeah. feels like a lot of things have overflowed, and you're just coming off horse racing and everything like that. It's just for this year. I feel like it's just come up. And I'm going. Oh, it's the Ashes. Like, Absolutely, because I mean, we're still we're 48 hours away from the um, from the the draft. So I mean, yeah, it's the AFL footy really. Is, footy is 12 months a year. Now. Absolutely, That's footy is ultimately now 12 months a year, which I is which is great. <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> love it. Hey, um, next topic I, I wanted to have a bit of a chat was, and you 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 filled me in on this one is that we're looking at Aaron Francis, um, training just recently, and the man is looking fit. Yeah, he's looking a lot more promising. Um, uh, he's definitely lost a lot of weight. I've never seen him that uh, that thin. Um, it kind of begs the question. So Terry Wallace was on SEN yesterday, and he kind of mentioned, he, did, he kind of did a review of our list, and it was mostly all positive. But he did say that Francis Langford and Laverde, they have to step up. Yeah. And he said at least one of them have to step up as a minimum. Now I'm going to ask you. <laughs> this is a question without notice, guys. This is a definitely a question without notice because I love doing it. Do you? Yeah, thank you. Who is more likely to step up? Do you believe in 2018 out of those three? Um. <laughs> all right. I'm going to confidently take a deep breath and say Langford. I must admit, I am exactly the same. Yep, and, and that might surprise people. Uh, look, but I just but, think I think they've invested. I mean, they haven't had the ability to invest time in Francis. I mean, he's been injured, and he's they're trying to get him into a position where he can play multiple games in a row. Um, having said that, we've we've had that weird tendency to put Langford in for a game, and then he gets twenty five touches and. He we gets dropped, which is weird. Um, if we ever get Wusher on, I'll ask him about that. But um, mate, out of those three players, Laverde is coming back off an injury, and he's um, the he's... unique thing is they're all got such good potential, and and you could actually form an argument that maybe Laverde and Francis actually have the highest ceiling. And that that's the other that's half the of what I was going to say but... is that who's the most talented out of those three guys? Francis. Francis. Right? Who's the who's the bloke that you look at and go, oh my lord, if we could get six to eight blokes looking like him, we would have the Amazon football club Laverde. in Laverde, right? Like he's the you look yeah. at the kid and go, oh, please be a footballer. Look at the size of you. Who um, may, and then but then it comes down to me, who may be the most mature and, and has been developed the most consistently? Langford. Because Langford hasn't had the injuries. Yeah. So... And they've, they've been playing him in the twos. They've been playing him in the middle. They want him to get leather poisoning. They want him to, to get 20-some-odd touches a game every game because they want to put him in the middle. Yeah. I mean, they 
when he when he was playing in the forward line, the half forward or the, the forward pocket position, then he looked great. And for ages and ages, I was telling you, this kid's a forward. The, the last game of, not last year, the year before, um, when we played Carlton and him and Laverde played in the forward line and both looked dangerous as all hell. Yep. Taking marks, being that um, high half forward um, target. But they've, they're looking at Langford and they're making him into a midfielder. That's fine. Laverde... I still don't know. I still don't know where his best position is. Um, I reckon Jakey Stringer just took his position in the forward line, so I, I don't know. But Francis, no one knows what Francis will or won't be, um, whether he will or won't be at the club. But one thing he is doing is putting his body in the best position from what we've seen yeah. to get regular season, uh, regular um, senior games next year, which is the absolute thing we have to get out of that bloke just to see what he can and can't do. Because yeah. the X Factor... I mean, you look at Jakey Stringer and the first words out of my mouth are X-Factor. The man can do anything on his day. You look at Francis and he can do freakish things. All of the, yeah. the, the, the pundits and the, all the experts say this kid's upside is massive if we can get him on the park. Yeah. That's the thing. Now, the other one I wanted to have a chat to you about um, today, Scotty, and I know you've got some, um, some opinions on this. I'm going to give you some time to articulate <laughs> them. Um, would be the upcoming board elections. Yeah, yeah. Um, I know uh, Chris Heffernan has just stepped down um, from the board, and we all want to thank um, Chris for his contribution to the club. Um, but I wanted to to get your opinion on. I know you've. Um, uh, you, I know you know all of the the nominees for the for the new positions. I know you've spoken to some of the existing members as well. Um, give us a bit on of, of your opinion on where, on where we're at. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, probably people who follow me on Twitter. Um, have a, a fair, fairly good idea. Um, it's a tricky one. I wasn't sure if I was going to talk about it on the podcast, but I, then I thought, no, this is what we do. We, we this is how we talk at lunchtime. This is how yep. we would how we would do things. And I think the audience deserves to know where I'm, where I'm thinking and why. Um, but please understand, I'm no way a dictator or I'm, a, and, I'm no, no way no, a person not, that says, not supporting one vote this way no, or no, no, no. If I'm, I'm, I'm Mr. <laughs> um, democracy. I'm like, everyone has a vote. Everyone's a member. I can only go by my view of the world. Yep. And, and I've, I've had a, some good chats with the nom- some of the nominees. I actually have a chat with, again, and Simon Davies tomorrow. I've had a chat to Peter Hughes. I know Gay Williams quite well I must admit I haven't spoken to Sean Wilman but we all know I guess his playing pedigree um, and being assistant coach in 2013 which I believe he he left at the end of 2013 uh, so look this is my view um, personally myself I I know who I'll be voting for I think I have enough information but I must admit I, I always knew it was going to be hard for me to not vote for these two people, and and it is Paul Cousins and, and Katie Leo. Um, I know I mate, do. Mate, let me let me jump in. Let me jump in real quick there. Now I, I appreciate where you're going, and you, you've just mentioned those two names. That's great. Tell the listeners why you wouldn't be voting for other people. No. Yeah, it, 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 to be honest, it's 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 one of those ones where you don't want it to sound trite, but it's generally nothing against anyone who's nominating Absolutely and that's not. just the reality to put your it's hand just, up is is an honorable thing i can't think of many people who would replace the two board members at the moment because look i am 
quite loyal in nature as well. So it does feed into that. But I cannot personally have a profit that size for a company. And we both work, like I, I work in senior procurement at Australia Post. We obviously you have board members in mind and stakeholders. So I, I naturally think a little bit business-wise. So please understand that's kind of my background. Um, so as a business, we are operating extremely well. We're exceeding all expectations. When And there's kind of pillars that I look at. And I look at, okay, what are our customers and, and, and members? If you're a company, you go, what are, what are your customers and members saying? So then we... Justin Rodsky tweeted out um, not long ago that saying this is the highest recorded from their survey on on fan survey of the highest recorded um, figures that were had about fan engagement and and their approval of how the club's going. So I go, okay, well that's a massive tick. I see that we're now number one on social media clicks. I see us we're number one on on Facebook. So the Essendon Facebook page is now the number one liked joined page. So there's the engagement is at an extreme high, and then you you put in the the million the million fan members who have come on who've gone to um, the matches this year. That, so that's, that's so that's kind of like my first pillar in how I think I go. So how are the the members, fans, and key stakeholders viewing Essendon? So everything is 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 sort of like nine or ten out of ten. Yeah. It's, it's it's strong. Then you go, okay, well, how are the finances looking? And we all understand what we've come out of. And I fully have appreciation of, of Xavier, Lindsay Tanner, and even Katie Leo, Paul Cousins, Simon Madden. A lot of these people actually joined from 2014 onwards. So they got kind of thrown right into the lines then. Absolutely. Heck, they have got us out of a huge mess. And but not just out of it, man. Like, yeah, but now we've like we still have a debt. But in all seriousness, I did think with my business hat on that debt was probably another five years away. And now, yeah. realistically, there's an opportunity. Actually, it gets wiped at the same time next year. Yep. And and when you have that kind of growth, then you can start invest. And you hear them talk about. We're going to invest a whole lot in into Tala Marine. Yep. Build a whole new wing. Build a whole new seating. New underground car parking. And so, the club is at such a strong point of view. And and I've I've talked to Katie and Paul consistently since they've been elected. And whenever I go to a game, I see them. I go to VFL games, I see them. We talk and talk and talk. I go to functions, we talk. We talk online. Um. So I have a really good sense of who they are as people um, and who they are as board members. And Katie's done some really good work in, in, in the indigenous setup of the club. She has a really good digital media background and her fan engagement is so strong. People who know, people who can hear this, know her on Bomber Blitz, know her on Facebook. She's there answering, yep. hey, I'm wondering if I've got a question about the club. She's there answering it. Paul Cousins exactly the same. He has the same fan engagement. President of the VFL has a real passion for our younger players coming through. Well, that all came um, through in our podcast with them. Yeah, so they've done so well, and for me, a board has to be well rounded. So you have you have um, David Barham, who's you know Channel Ten Sports Media 
background. You have Brasher, who's a, 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 a brilliant, um, has a, a PricewaterhouseCooper background, brilliant in finance. He's been a huge part of our saving the club. Um, you got Paul and Katie, who are who are quite different in their own right, have certain skills in their own right. Simon Madden, as an ex-player, has that playing sort of side, but he also has a bit of a business side as well. Yeah. Um, Heffernan Hef- 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 as well. But all those kind of names, uh, I know I could list a whole lot, but it all se- it all seems to be working really well. And, and Simon Madden, pre- last the previous week, said, you know, we have really robust conversations. Yeah, absolutely. He was really adamant. You know, we get in there, have really robust conversations, but we get along really, really well. And... And when I get that kind of feedback, that's how I view a stable club. And I think it's now showing in results. So, look, in my view, I think I was always leaning towards them, even knowing that there's going to be some strong nominees. Uh-huh. And and they are really strong nominees. I mean, I'm not going to list all... You know who the names are, but they're really good people. And and the hard part is, is like, oh, how am I going to approach it? Because these are really good people. Um and in other circumstances, you'd be more than recommending most of them. Yep. But for me, look, the reality is where this club is at, what it's come through, where it is now. Paul and Katie have only been there two years for me, so they yep. deserve every right for me to... Because to, I, I always feel in business, and you'll probably um, sort of resonate with this, that you have kind of like a five-year vision. Yeah. And I, I, I kind of feel like I want to honour their vision of getting this club out of debt and then moving on to bigger projects. And so we're only just starting. We're only sort of 25%. That 25% has been hugely significant. But hugely, hugely significant. I mean, if, you, if you're putting, if you're doing a, a, a 25% assessment on where we are for that sort of five-year, um, that process, I guess it's it's been more than exceeded for me. Scott's got a lot of... Um, I don't want to use the word inside information, but what I'm saying from when he when he talks to the to the directors, he's got a another level of understanding of how the business is um, is run. And when we had our interview with um, uh, Paul and Katie, they gave us a really great insight as to as to what it takes to be a director in running a business. That is because ultimately Essendon Footy Club is a business and it has to be run like that. Um, so Scotty gets that kind of great insight into um, to talking in, uh, to those directors. I mean, yeah. from my point of view. I look at the metrics. I just look at the metrics, and Scotty gives me little little bits of information that um, that he talks to the directors on. In that, I look at the metrics, and there is not. I don't think there's a single metric where we could say we've failed. I mean, we've <laughs> record profits, record attendances, um, the importance of social media, a destination club of choice, which got all three of those players in one foul swoop. Incredible staff um, in the at the executive level. Adrian Dodoro, who I've got an enormous man crush on, and I, I'm not sure there's anywhere in the mm. in the club where you could say there's a deficiency that needs to be um, added to. I I agree with what Scotty said. I said before there might be some really great candidates, and at another time or in 2013 or something like that, we could have used um, their help, but. The board members that are there at the moment have absolutely steered this club, in my humble opinion, um, have steered this club in absolutely the right direction. I hope Xavier had um, every drink with an umbrella sticking out of it and a little bit of pineapple <laughs> in it in the world in the West Indies. Um, and I hope he just got just relaxed big time and it is ready for a 28 footy season because 
with the way we're going at the moment, the players we've got, the money, and the incredible supporter base that we've got at this club, yeah. there's nothing but positives moving forward for this club. Uh, and, and, a, and a key part to me, just on that, a key part to me is what I look for is what's the messaging coming out of the club. So what can happen, and it has happened before, that clubs can sort of over-celebrate their achievements and almost sit on their laurels. I mean, agree, yeah. Um, but I'm not seeing that. Like when I'm and get, I actually challenge a few board members. I'm quite open to be quite transparent and say, "Hey, come on, what are we doing?" And but they'll give me strong feedback. They have a real. I mean, I know with Xavier and in his own words that this ain't no, this ain't nowhere near finished. Mm. Like they obviously want to win grand finals. That's that's where we're, we're all here, and that's the last thing to, to yeah. do. We've we've ticked all of the metrics, we've ticked all of the boxes, we made finals. But that's and that's when the trade and week that's the comes final into play. One. Now we're getting ruthless. Trade yeah. week, three stars come into the club, and I can see. Yeah. It. I bet you a million bucks if you if you've got those three footy players and put a pulled them aside over a beer and said why Essendon, right? Because they probably would have got more money elsewhere. Mm. But I reckon it would be for that. I reckon the club would have said to them, look. We're we're not accepting mediocrity anymore. Um, there was a there was a period of time where you could probably say the Essendon Footy Club did accept a bit of mediocrity, and I, I don't think there is now. I think I guarantee you, Wusher wouldn't accept mediocr mediocrity, um, <laughs> and he'd be pushing for wins, mate. We, we made finals this year. Those three footy players that we brought into the club make us a real dangerous club, yeah. and that's it. That's there's the a lot last of, metric. Yeah, there's a lot of hard work to do on on, on field. And that's really our next step as a football club. Um, we really want to get back to that kind of 84 to 2000 kind of period where we're always a chance. So, um, yeah, so that's... Um, that's I, Look, I, I was a bit fearful of being this whole, you know, Paul and Katie cheer squad. It's not like that at all. That, no, no, no. It's my, that's, a, that's an authentic, genuine view of how I see the club. Um, everyone is free to vote. Um Everyone is there's the the I think I believe there's some bios coming up on the club. You can check them out. Um, that's just my personal view. That's where I'll be voting. Do you do your own research? That's one thing I'd say on this one is do your own research, Scotty. I can and, and Scotty's taken more of a um, a more of a detailed uh, interest in this than, than I have. I mean, I take a lot of my uh, knowledge from Scotty on this subject, <laughs> but Scott isn't just talking about this now because he's just read a couple of um, articles or spoken to Katie and, and Paul or anybody else or because we've spoken to Simon on the on the podcast. He's done a lot of research with regards to each individual candidate um, and applied his knowledge to what's happening at the club and what the, what the directors are saying the club is doing moving forward. So I would absolutely implore you to, um, to do your own research, um, formulate your own opinions and... Um, and vote accordingly. And, and a key part for me, and we're just going to wrap up with this, um, em, embrace voting, um, but don't embrace fighting within each other. Um, yeah. uh, let's just let's just vote and get this and get the, and sort of move on. Um, so it has a tendency to almost a little bit of no. Okay, why are you why are you choosing that person to vote? Why are you? I'm not, I'm not into that. I just have my view, but. If you told me, if anyone told me, no, I'm going to vote for someone else, that's fine. Absolutely, um, that is your opinion. That's that's your opinion. That's your right as a member, and we're f and that and that's and that's how we should approach it. So let's let's sort of do this well. We're, we're obviously so strong as a club. Let's let's show that, and even how we vote and how we act. Absolutely. Um, 
So thank you so much, guys. Um, it's now reaching up to close to the hour. I uh, hope you enjoyed the podcast. Um, we'll see what's coming up next. Uh, Xavier Campbell. Xavier. Hi, we're, probably, Xavier. we're probably more doing the podcast almost fortnightly because it's just a little bit of the off-season. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so we'll, we'll let you know when the next one's coming up. All the best, and thanks so much for listening. hope we have a good draft, and I'm sure there'll be plenty of discussion after the, the draft and rookie period. Thanks, everybody, for listening. All right. Thanks, guys. Bye.
Well, it doesn't get any better than that, Mr. Simon Madden. I'm a extremely happy man right now. Um, How likeable is our board members? I know. Like, could they be any nicer? Mm-hmm. I'd, I'd tell you what, a, a dirty great comet could hit me in the head right now. I'd be a happy man. Um, got to and talk to my all-time uh, Essendon favourite player. That's incredible. Speaking of comets and all things space, can you... Interstellar. Uh, now, now George then, Clooney. now then. Now then, yes, yes. Now then, then, now, now Do then. Do you know then, your then, mistake? Now, now then, now then, then now, now then. Uh, I must apologise uh, to uh, Katie Leo with regards to my previous comment on Interstellar. Uh, she named that as her favourite movie. I um, did get that mixed up uh, with uh, Mr. Uh, what is it, Matthew McConaughey. Yes. Uh, all right, all right, all right. Um, you said and it was Gravity, didn't you? I did. I thought it was Gravity. Um, I, I don't believe George Clooney in space. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> Actually, I don't. I don't believe Matthew McConaughey in space either. Without, but his, without his shirt off. Without, without his shirt off. The man with the whole film without a shirt, uh, with his shirt on, and that doesn't work. Um, so my apologies to Katie uh, for for messing up that statement. <laughs> her favorite film. It's completely messing up her favorite film, and then um, bringing up bad memories about not getting an <laughs> AFL women's license. I, I nailed that one. And um, calling the true value, so isn't it? So absolutely, exactly we did, right. We did so well. Absolutely, um, <laughs> we'll never get Katie on again. Uh, but we really appreciate um, all of our guests uh, tonight: Paul Cousins, Katie Leo, and uh, and Simon Madden. They're um, they're directors of the Essendon Football Club, but. Clearly, all huge fans of the club. Um, it goes without saying Simon's um, uh, contribution to the club, but we we really shouldn't um, uh, we really should take into account, I should say, um, the likes of Paul and Katie and, and, and what they've done over this period of time uh, whilst they whilst they've been at the at the Bombers, um, and hopefully um, they can absolutely um, spend some more time down there and keep, like Simon said, keep the club on the right direction. Because um, it's it's really clear. I mean, there, someone needs to write a book on how Xavier um, got this club through the the issues that we've had. And like Simon said again, we went from second last to playing finals. So everybody out there, we are well and truly on the right track uh, for success at the Bombers. And um, next year is going to be incredible. Yeah, thanks everyone for for listening in. Hope you enjoyed it. It's a long one. Yeah, it's it's definitely our longest podcast, but we wanted to do a big sort of almost like our own little members forum yeah. um, podcast. And what better way to have three directors of the club talking about what's coming up? Incredible and, access, well so, done, Scotty. Thanks. Um, yeah. just, just remember to just um, hit like and subscribe when you when you get us on iTunes or uh, or SoundCloud. We'd really appreciate it. And um, any feedback you want for us uh, to send us um, uh, the lunchtime uh, catch up podcast at gmail.com. Yeah, and send if you, it through. And if there's a guest there that you or a past player that you you want us to try and see if we can get a hold of an, an interview, then um, yeah, feel free to send any suggestions. Yeah, um, that'd be great. We're always we're always active and and um, and and happy to see what we can do. Um, people at the club always try and help us out, so we're always grateful for that. Absolutely. But yes, yeah, so thanks we'll everyone again. We'll 20. wrap it up. It's been a long one. Um, but it's been so enjoyable. Hugely enjoyed it. Um, and really, how can you not just say, bring on 2018, please? Oh, man. I just, <laughs> how long have we got? How long is there to go? Like a month or something? But um, bring it on. Um, preseason starts soon. And it's, isn't it great, just on a side note, to have Stringer come back early and tra- already training oh, at the club? And so, I should start calling him Cream. I think that, that guy is going to be like four litres of just get this, cream, Yes, I you reckon. just get this feeling that it's all going to work out quite well. Oh. But... I'm still cautious, but um, yeah, I, I just get this funny feeling that 
Yeah, deep down in me water. Yes. In me water, I've got a We'll feeling. talk about that trade and, and, and be very, very happy in a couple of years' time. All right, so we'll wrap it up. Um, thanks very much for joining us on the Lunchtime Catch-Up uh, podcast, and uh, we'll talk to you guys next week. Thanks so much, guys.